The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. podcast. Watch global. global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, our first return episode after the mega weekend that was SummerSlam weekend, which saw the New Japan G1 Finals, Ring of Honor Summer Supercard, NXT TakeOver Toronto, and SummerSlam. I was exhausted. Basically took a two-week break after that. But now we're back on the Wrestling Rewind podcast with your returning co-hosts, Luke Larson. Luke, how are you? Fantastic. How are you guys? I, I am well. And conversely, Trevor Larson, how are you? Um, I've been better. <laughs> Is it, was, this this uh, pay-per-view really got me down. <laughs> I was just about to ask if the show we're reviewing has anything to do with that. So, I have finally returned to the gimmick of me drinking something while we record. It's coffee, though. Usually it's alcohol, yeah. Usually it's alcohol. That's That gimmick died really quick on this podcast, though. It held up for a couple months, and then it's just like... Just like your viewers. Oh, that hurts. Wow. <laughs> but it's like, if I'm recording at 10 in the morning, I can't have whiskey. Depends what kind of person you want to be. It depends what kind of person I want to be. What kind of life choices do you have, you made, You know, I'm making very specific life choices to not have whiskey at 10 in the morning. That's a good start. Yeah, that's, I mean, positive start. Anyway, folks, on Wrestling Rewind, we are talking WCW World War III 1997 from November the 23rd of that year from... Was this in Ann Arbor? Really? I forgot to write it down. No. Uh, Palace of Auburn Hills, Michigan. Yeah. Palace of Auburn Hills. Thank Kevin you. Nash's hometown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is technically Detroit, but like, it's like a... Su- yeah, anyway. It's a Which, suburb of... Oh, what was... Somebody had a sign that said... Um, Chris Benoit's the best thing going. I saw no, that I sign. I saw that sign. <laughs> no, it was about Kevin Nash. It was like, uh, this town... It was really bad. Like, this town hates you. Like, it was like... Almost in, like really insulting, threatening violence. It was like a little girl holding the sign. Yes, yes. Nice. So you know when you go to one of your top stars' hometowns, it makes a lot of sense to not book them in any matches. So well, <laughs> we'll get to. We'll it. get there. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, we as I am learning watching these old WCW pay per views. If you have <laughs> yeah, a hot enough, what are you learning? <laughs> what I'm have learning today. I'm learning lots of things that if you have hot enough stars. In an angle that people care enough about, they're willing to overlook a lot of stuff. <laughs> they're willing to overlook a lot of stuff. Eventually, though, that willingness to overlook stuff burns out, as we have seen over and over again in the history of pro wrestling. And honestly, we're seeing right now in 2019. Well, and we'll see how after the Sting-Hogan match goes. You know, people have been waiting for this yes. match. You can tell people are hungry for that match. Yes. But after that, what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. And that's the big thing about why the NWO story never ends like literally up until 2001 like it just doesn't end so we'll we'll get to that 
Aura. That's coming. We, uh, to prepare listeners, our Starcade 97 episode, the next Wrestling Rewind, um, I'm anticipating being our larger WCW discussion on why it ended, how it should have ended, how the NWO should have ended, because it definitely should have ended. Oh, and we're doing a plug already for the next one. We're, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Give, well, see, this is the casual wrestling podcast, okay. the informal wrestling podcast, so I can promise things and not deliver. <laughs> so, kind of like WCW. Kind of like WCW. <laughs> and you've been paying attention to WWE's marketing, kind of like WWE. So we are here on Saturday, August the 24th, Vince McMahon's birthday. Oh, is is it really? Birthday? It is Vince is McMahon's he? birthday. 74, was it? That's wow. it. That's it. Um, so I was thinking about while I was on the can this morning that Vince McMahon is probably the single most influential person in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. It's hard to argue there is anyone else. It's hard to argue because I was thinking about like the Luderoth family and El Santo in Mexico and how influential they were or like Ruka Dozan and like Giant Baba and Antonio Inoki in Japan. But it's or even like Gus Sonnenberg here in the States. But it's like. Vince really has had much more of a global influence than any of those people. So I would say Vince McMahon is the single most influential person. Hell, that's a Saudi Arabia. To... <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> I would say Vince McMahon is the most influential person in this Stick business's history. To sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, folks, as usual, before we jump into the show, you got some stats, you got some background. Got some stats, you got some background. <clears throat> so, Dave Malter's Wrestling Observer newsletter. Oh, boy. Does the polls after the show. Good guy. Folks can uh, call in, email in, give their thumbs up, thumbs down in the show. Of the responses he got, 22% were thumbs up. (laughs) 13% were thumbs middle. Uh Uh-oh. And 64% 64 were thumbs down on this show. What was the last one? Do you still have it? I think it was like 44% thumbs down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty evenly evenly spread. See, I thought I liked this one better than the last one. You and I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, The voted best match on this show, to no one's surprise, is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Yep. That's what I had. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. (laughs) Silence is amazing. So, this is an audio, so you guys couldn't have seen that joke, but Trevor checked his notes like he was going to disagree wholeheartedly, (laughs) and then just put him down and looked right back at me. You know, I have not seen that much said by someone saying nothing (laughs) since Sting in 1997. Oh! Does he ever say a word? No. That was his shtick, though. That was no, his shtick. He does, well, he points his bat at people. He points and his that's bat a thousand words, you know. That's, that's, it, it's a novel right there. Guys, so I've been watching these pay per views since Fall Brawl 97. I haven't seen Sting once. <laughs> I, he hasn't been, a, he comes out, or a thousand Stings come out, or in this case. Right, but like, I haven't, we'll even, that later yeah, I haven't even seen him come out. Like, that was his whole thing that he hasn't wrestled since Fall Brawl 96. Like, that was his thing. Right, that he's kind of disillusioned by WCW not trusting him, but he didn't want to join NWO, and so it's like he's going to be the guy to take down NWO. You well, think. part of the reason why I don't think he showed up to this one was the the very last Nitro before this, the NWO beat him up. Ooh. So did you watch the Nitros again? I watched all yeah. the Nitros. Oh, good. This, this is this is good. This, this is good. good. I'm glad we got. So Luke I don't want to do that. So I'm I am glad not doing. Do. I don't I blame you for not wanting. I'm glad to. you do it because I don't want to do it. I refuse. Yeah, they're so, they're wonderful. Anyway, and I. I was going to... Sorry. No, go ahead, please. I was going to ask if Sting was on Nitro. Because I... The way the show ended... Anyway. And what was voted the worst match was the main event Battle Royal. The 60-man Battle Royal. Really? Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're going to disagree a lot on this show, Trevor. 
So. Oh, that was the lowest one? That was the, that was voted the worst match of the show. Which, um, well, I mean, Alex Wright is oh. fighting, so. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how you can get lower than that. <laughs> I love that Trevor hates Alex Wright. I have since wait, the beginning. We need to wait until he gets to the, because I thought, no, listen, this wasn't some transcendent character, but I thought his Berlin gimmick was far better than his Alex Wright gimmick. That's which, coming. Which comes in 98, or? It comes later. I, Alex Wright was generally regarded as a decent worker. By so, whom? I'm just, that, just from Bischoff? what? <laughs> Hogan? Russo? I'm sure not Hogan. No, Hogan didn't think anyone was a good worker. I don't think Hogan thought anyone was good. Okay. Uh, business side of things. This show was attended by 17,128 fans. 15,735 of them were paid. Giving them a ticket sales gate of $407,000. Which is a record for NW for for not NWA. You almost called it NWO. I almost called it three. Oh no! It's working on me. Which was a record for WCW at the time, which broke their previous record of Halloween Havoc the month before. Uh oh. So WCW exactly. You've got to be kidding me. So it's got to peak at some point. Business is good for WCW. And spoiler, guys, it continues going up past Starcade. I mean, Starcade is the most bought pay per view, but business as a whole keeps going up. Because when you do something hot, people jump on afterwards mm-hmm. because they hear that something was hot and they start joining. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing about wrestling. And so they come on and they stay on. So it doesn't matter that it's crappy. They still stay on until it gets so crappy they can't do it anymore. So sold out happens. Yeah. So, or uncensored. <laughs> so it's a weird thing with pro wrestling. Even if business is good, that doesn't mean you're putting on a good product because people might still be hanging on because of something you previously did good. Mm-hmm. Like pr- people probably hang on after WrestleMania. Yep. Yep. Viewers are probably pretty good after that. Yep. And uh, your, you know, the attitude error is good, so people hang on for 10 years and then can't take it anymore and drop off. So. Or they turn 40 and they have to get real lives. <laughs> wife makes them stop watching. That's right. Or in Luke's case, wife makes them start watching. That's right. <laughs> uh, Praise the Lord. In mer- they sold $139,000 in merch. Jeez. Uh, which, um, like, think about how much stuff the NWO is selling. Think about yeah. like sting masks. Those NWO shirts have to be flying off. Yep. Yeah, and the sting masks, those are crazy. Yeah. Uh, it had a lower 0.56 buy rate, which translates to about 205,000 buys. Okay. So not as much interest on pay-per-view, but in total, an estimated $3.62 million of revenue on this night. Didn't the last one make like six? Something? Six, yep. Yeah. But you got to remember, this was also Survivor Series month. So if people are picking one pay-per-view over the other, they might pick the bigger Survivor Series. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta buy them at yep. this right, point. Right, because a lot of people probably don't want to spend $60 on wrestling a month. So no. <laughs> Now let's compare this to Survivor Series numbers. Oh, man. This was the Montreal Survivor Series. So when you Google any kind of business for Survivor Series 97, you don't get any because all it talks about is Montreal. So I have nothing on the Survivor Series business of 97. Nothing to compare it to, because no one talks about how many tickets were sold, how much merch were sold, how many pay-per-views were sold. All they talk about is the screw job. Interesting fact. Yes. The second to last Nitro before <laughs> yes. World War Three, on the same night, 
Rick Rude appeared on Nitro and Raw. Raw. Yes, that is true. Because Raw was taped. Yes. And Rude was upset about the screw job. And so he had it taped and then quit and then went to WCW. So on the same night, he literally appeared on Nitro and Raw. Oh, wow. Thank you for bringing that up. I completely forgotten that, but that is 100% true. I believe that is the only time that has ever happened. And he had different facial hair in both shows. Yes, you're so right! Yes! (laughs) He had a beard in Raw and he had just a mustache in Nitro. Oh, fun fact funny. for the fans. That is funny. Rick Rude is a god. Yes, he is. Uh, there was there was one Monday. I believe that's the only time it's ever actually happened. There was one Monday where Raw and Nitro were like an hour away, and Shawn Michaels got upset at Raw and threatened to just drive to Nitro, which didn't happen. Obviously. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. He would have been sued <laughs> for breach of contract. Might by have been saved. Man. Might have saved WCW. And, well, he wouldn't have been legally allowed to. Like, Bischoff would have put him on and just dealt with the legal stuff later. Oh, absolutely. He wouldn't have cared. He's like, Ted, I, oh. we got a big thing coming yeah, down the pike. <laughs> just just deal with it. Yeah. This is Trust me, this is going to, business is going to boom after this, I promise. The only pro wrestler Ted Turner knew was Ric Flair. So. I was going to say, did Ted Turner even know who was working for Ted him at Tur- Ted Turner did not give a crap about what was happening in WCW. He said, we're never getting rid of WCW. Because when he first started TBS, wrestling was his highest rated programming. Mm. And that's what like got TBS and TNT off the ground. TNT didn't Interesting. That's what got TBS off the ground. So he just made an edict, we're never getting rid of wrestling. Interesting. Like he didn't watch it. <laughs> but I'm he's sure like, we never, never saw an episode. But, but nostalgia, he's just like, we're never getting rid of wrestling. Because his station was built on wrestling and the Braves. So. Oh yeah, Braves had TBS oh, yeah. for a while. Yep. Yeah. But and they were good then. They were really good in the mid-90s, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Um, but then when Ted Turner lost control... It was not long after that WCW was canceled. Exactly. Because when you're losing $60 million a year, management usually doesn't want to keep you. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like either. Can you imagine? We'll, we'll get to that. Anyway, this is not This is not the... It's coming, here folks. There. Neither here nor there. We are doing a Death of WCW episode. Oh, yeah. It's, I was telling Luke, I, I kind of wanted to conjoin it with our Starcade 97 episode. And just like, if it's three hours, it's three hours. That's what I was just but, thinking, but... Yeah. So... We'll see. But we're not there yet. World War Three ninety seven, November twenty third. Here we go. Um we are opening up. I didn't look up if there was any dark matches, so I'm sure there were there usually are, but I don't care. So the opening match on the pay per view. It probably couldn't have been any better than what we watched. There's no way it could have been or knowing WCW, I'm sure they It probably was, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. They probably had like three five star matches in their dark matches. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, that's amazing. They probably had Jushin Liger versus like Silver King, and it's like three and three. Oh, oh he was in the Battle Royale. He was in the Battle Royale. <laughs> this chef's like, we can't show this. Oh, Hogan probably said that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Anyway, World War Three, the opening match. Oh, 14 minutes in, we're finally getting to the opening match. Oh, there we go. Was it really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so it's Faces of Fear. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, okay. I haven't even said the other team yet. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with these guys. <laughs> sure. Faces they're, of fear. They're yeah. not. They're fine. Hot trash. They're not they're the worst fine. thing on this pay-per-view. No. They're not. They're okay. Faces of fear are one of the worst things on this pay-per-view. And they're going against the team of Glacier. Uh, uh, as seen on AEW's Double or Nothing, teaming with Trevor's all-time favorite wrestler, <laughs> Ernest the Cat. Yes, the cat! <laughs> I saw him live. Then did you really? Fun fact, yes. <laughs> How is Glacier not worse than the Faces of Fear? This is, are you joking? 
I hate I hate Glacier so much. <laughs> this move, okay. To everyone listening, you have to go watch this match. The amount of timing issues that these four men have with each other is astonishing. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. No move looks good. Everything looks so like they start as like, oh, he's not there. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, the worst timing I've seen in a major league pro match. Well, and part of the problem was, and, and this is me watching the Nitros. Yes. Like, for whatever reason, the Faces of Fear start attacking Glacier and Ernest Miller comes out to save him. So they decide to make a tag match for the next pay-per-view. Just because. Right. Just because. And I'm like, all right, way to build that storyline up. Because <laughs> our pay-per-view has to be three hours. And God forbid we have two cruiserweight matches. <laughs> this, yeah. this, they were just duct taping the space between yeah. uh, between Halloween Havoc and, and Stark. That's there, all this Remember was. a couple pay-per-views ago and the cat was the TV champion? <laughs> I don't actually. <laughs> that dude yeah. does not deserve a belt. I think it was around Road Wild, which yeah. I did not watch Road Wild. Thank the good lord. I hope to never to. If we keep going month by month with this, we're skipping every Road Wild. Well, okay, I mean, people are we be... gonna skip. <laughs> we're skipping Road Wild. <laughs> well, are we gonna skip Sold Out Uncensored? No, nope, we're gonna skip. Nope, nope, we're just skipping Road Wild. Actually, no, we have to watch Road Wild. Okay. Really? Anyway, so really, really, this move, <clears throat> this match had three cool moves. Ernest the Cat did like that leaping plancha yeah. when he jumped off. That was cool. That was cool, yeah. Um, But other than that, bland as could possibly be, atrocious timing and work, I gave it (laughs) 0.75. I gave it three quarters of a star, folks. Trevor? Uh, So they did... I I was trying to figure out who were, like, the faces in this. (laughs) That's actually a good point. Because... The crowd, the crowd is like cheering a little bit for Faces of Fear, which I don't know if they're trying to. It, it, it feels like every time I see them, they're trying to make them the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But the crowd cheers for them, and so they did a hot tag. Glaciers get beat up and tags in the cat, and no one really cheers. And nobody then, ever cheered for the cat. Four, <laughs> four moves later, cat gets pinned. <laughs> it's true. No, it's really true. And I literally wrote. Uh, Hot tag, but faces of fear are faces. <laughs> well, they are called the faces of fear. So I went, what was the point of the hot tag? I, it's not even really a hot tag. It's not even a hot tag. I mean, he got a couple of those like clotheslines in where he did his like Kamehameha thing. Yeah. And then he, you know. But some of the moves were fun. Again, I guess I like faces of fear more than you guys. Yeah, you know. I think they're fine. So I gave it a two. I think they're fine. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I would just be reiterating. Yeah, I gave it a 1.75. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of these matches... <laughs> Instead of, what I found myself doing was, instead of grading it based on, like, a scale of, like, all time, I found myself, like, adjusting to the curve of this pay-per-view. <laughs> and so I was grading yeah. it based on, like, the pay-per-view as a whole, as opposed <laughs> to just wrestling. Yes. And so I gave higher marks, and I go back and go, man, why did I give it that high of a mark? But, yeah, yeah I gave I it that one, too. 1.75 was mine, so. Totally. Yeah. I, I So, I think you're right, Trevor Glacier. And the cat were the faces, but because the faces of fear were like, they're kind of like bruisers and they kick butt and stuff like that, which for the last 25 years has gotten over as a face in pro wrestling. The crowd was into that. So I think it was just the crowd was into them regardless of who was who. Um, Big old Meltz, we will be giving Dave Meltzer star ratings in every match as we go through. Again, I feel the need to reiterate this every podcast, but not because I think he's right on everything, but... 
because people know how he's grades and they can kind of compare their ratings against his, gives a good feel for it. It's a good he, standard to use. It's a good standard. He's well known. There's a lot of I don't know if you guys know this. There's a lot of anti Dave Meltzer sentiment in the online wrestling community. Uh, I see that he like tweets other people that what they say to him and like yeah fires back at him. Yeah, he, they just like insult him and make fun of him. So it's, it's, people, really, yeah, people huh. sell like f Dave Meltzer T-shirts. So it's, weird. Uh, yeah, it's... I mean, I, I get if you don't like him, but why go that Yeah, I know that's not... So, like, Wade Keller's probably, like, the second biggest wrestling journalist behind Meltzer. I disagree with him a ton. But, like, I still listen to him. I don't wish any harm on the guy. Like, yeah. like I got nothing against him. I, I, I just screw think, him. I just think he's wrong, so <laughs> it's... The hell with him. It's really bizarre to me, but whatever. Whatever. So, Big big Dave Meltz, Dumb Meltz, gave this... <laughs> any other nicknames? Uh... Ryan Randy. Big D. Davey M. Uh... <laughs> Davey Meltzer. Uh, Meltzer. <laughs> uh, Meltzer Driver. No, wait, that's the Young Peaches? Bucks Senator. There you go. Uh, he gave us a big Peaches. time goose egg. <laughs> Zero. That, that probably, that shouldn't shock me. A dud, if you will. Man. Um, before we move on, gentlemen, what are you two drinking? Oh, I am drinking what's called a Zion's Energy Drink. Yes. I've been drinking them for an eternity now, it oh, seems yeah. like. And the same flavor, too. This is the exact, I mean, I've tried other flavors, but... Blueberry pomegranate's my favorite, so it's nostalgia too. Yeah. Trevor, I'm also drinking an energy drink. It's called Bang. <coughs> I had to get a bang in before this. You, you had to make a sex pun, didn't you? <laughs> um, I go bounce back between Bang and Zionses and what's called Rain Energy Drink too. I don't think I've had the same flavor. I usually have one every day. I haven't had the same flavor for like three weeks now, so I'm just trying everything out. There we go. And I, of course, and this has more. Caffeine than the Zions does. Oh, so you're. Oh, does you're, it really? Mm-hmm. This has 300 per can. Zions has like 160. So you're banging. <laughs> Got to get that big bang in there. Three, think, there's 300 milligrams of caffeine in that. You know, 400 is like the limit. That like except you for fat people. <laughs> I have over 400. So that's how you get around it. Hey, and I am drinking my friend's first coffee. I can't remember where it's from. Okay, moving on. Yeah, we got to get this next match. I'm so excited for it. I bet you can't wait. I was watching this match, and I texted Trevor's like, oh my god, I'm so done with Disco. I literally wrote in my notes, it says right here, Disco sucks. <laughs> I just had to write it down. We have Disco Inferno challenging Perry Saturn for the TV title. Perry Saturn? That's his first name? That is his first name. Yeah, oh, was he not going by Perry Saturn? I thought he was just going by Saturn. Right now, he's just going by Saturn. Oh, my mistake. It's, it's, it's just Saturn. Okay, so Saturn is the TV champ. Yeah, the TV title. The TV title. It's a strange thing. You know, in addition to their US title and their heavyweight title and their cruiserweight title. <laughs> Lots of singles titles. Again, this is the first time I've seen Saturn on a pay-per-view, so... Really? Okay. He hasn't shown he, up before. You know what's funny? He was also regarded as a decent worker. And so it's just like so funny to watch his matches and it's like... I thought he was okay. I it's think nothing. he's okay. He was fine. I just expected more. Maybe it was Disco. <laughs> What was so weird about this match is I wrote down Disco as a face question mark because <laughs> Saturn and all, you know, Raven's flock, flock is that what yep, they're called? Yep. They're, they were like bad guys that got booed and they come in and they face Disco who's a NWO member and it's like, pretty... wait, Disco's in the NWO? Isn't he? He was. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, he was? No, he was for a time. He already was. Really? Yeah. Oh, was he really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Maybe he was kicked out already. <laughs> Maybe. Well, WCW. I mean, if they, if they kick a giant out, they're going to kick Disco, Disco out. See, they haven't told me at a pay-per-view, so... <laughs> I, sometimes I get lost with who's on what team. Um, so I was like, who, who are they going to cheer for in this one? Anyways. 
goodness. So I didn't know Saturn was a part of Raven's flock. Yeah, they all came out with their jean shorts they, and jeans. He and came out with the flock, and I was like, oh, I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, Saturn retained. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah. So we didn't talk about who won the first match, and we won't because it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I was going to Sa- say, does anyone really care? Saturn kept the TV title here. I, I just changed my rating. Disco... <laughs> It's amazing. It really is. Like the more you think about it, oh, disco sucks at a fa- as a face. There was there were some punches thrown. There Saturn Saturn did a couple of cool suplexes. Yes. I felt like there was nothing to this. There was nothing to this. Even the finish I didn't like because disco hit a cross body or whatever, and then Saturn just rolled through and no sold it and put on the rings of Saturn. Saturn and that was it. Like I hate that. If someone hits a move, how are you just fine? But whatever. Well, I will say though. I do think that the Rings of Saturn are the best, one of the best named finishers yes. in professional oh, really wrestling. Cool. And yeah. a good looking move. Yes, it is. It's because like it looks like someone that would legitimately hurt. Someone's pulling your arms back right. like that, yeah, no, on your shoulders. But because it's wrestling, it wouldn't actually hurt because you just don't pull on it that hard. And right. it's fine. And it's fine, yeah. So in pro wrestling, you move that looks like it hurts, but it doesn't actually. That's a win-win. Yeah. So um, I I don't know. I, I gave it one 1.75, one and three quarters. Just for the effort, really because of Saturn. Yes. He carried that match. <laughs> yep. Disco, listen, how he makes it onto every pay-per-view blows my mind. But I agree wholeheartedly with wholeheartedly with Cody Rhodes when he says that Disco Inferno has drawn zero dollars in this business. And he has a belt on, he had a belt on him at one point. He did, oh gosh, yes, he did. he did. He had the TV title at one time. He had the cruiserweight title at one time. He did too. Have the cruiserweight. I'm sure he had the US title at one point. Like I'm sure he did. It's but like a disgrace to those belts. It is a disgrace to those belts. Like, I feel bad for the belts. <laughs> Glenn Gilberti, ladies and gentlemen. Trevor. Oh, the match? Yeah, yes. Well, I just bumped my rating down. Um, <laughs> As we're talking about To it. Uh, one and a quarter. Because of Excellent. Saturn. Saturn was okay enough, he pumped it up to one and a quarter. You got to pass that star. Yeah. I, uh, I gave it uh, two and a quarter. Two and a quarter from two Luke? Two and a quarter, yeah. See, that's how what I originally had. But then as we and you dropped about, it down a whole star? Yeah. <laughs> as, I get, I, as I start thinking about disco, I just... Uh, it's hard to not think about disco. And just, mm, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, like like I said before, I, I kind of graded this the, a lot of these on a curve mm-hmm. from, the, from the pay-per-view in and of itself as mm. opposed to... So, Mine might be a little bit higher than yours, but that's just, it all kind of just blended together, to Luke, be honest with you. Your rating is your rating. Never apologize yep. for it. Okay. Uh, big old Davey. Big Melts. Dub Melts. Peaches. Davey Melts. Meltsy Dave. That's his wife calls him. Yeah. <laughs> Peaches. <laughs> Funny thing is, I won't get into that. Okay. Uh, Melts gave this a quarter star. I don't blame him. Zero point two five. So wait, we're, we're, we have a zero. And we have a zero a and a quarter five from Dave we Meltzer are so far. Averaging a point one two five star rating from the Meltzer on this pay per view. This so pay per view is on fire right this now. This pay per view is on fire. Thank God it picks up next. Yes, it does. With Yuji Nagata. Oh, Hold on, before yeah. we get to that match. Yes. So Big Show does his little promo. Oh yes, this. I'm so yeah. Yes. Big Show does yes. the promo. The, well, the only reason I want to go back to it is because I made a note about it. <laughs> I. I could hear anything in pay-per-view. I heard everything. I heard all the commentaries. I heard all the promos. I heard everything. When Big Show did his promo, I had to turn my volume way up. <laughs> I could not hear a word Big Show was saying. He was so quiet for three-fourths of that. Anyways, that's all I had to say. Listen, unless you're Jake Roberts, usually quiet promos don't work. I was like, I, I can't hear anything he's saying. Because <laughs> nothing's more intimidating 
than a giant that's super soft-spoken. <laughs> well, would you rather have the giant cut a, like, a barely hearable promo or Macho Man just rump rambling for <laughs> We should put, put a poll out. That would be so funny. <laughs> macho Man rumbling or Big Show Quiet? I mean, you can promo, hear Macho Man, but you can't understand him. Which you can't hear the giant, but you can't understand pick him one, either. Pick one. See, that's why Liz and Macho Man got divorced. She couldn't understand him for six years straight. <laughs> he was probably saying communicate. a lot of nice things to her. <laughs> yeah. He's probably very loving, I bet. He probably was a really nice guy. <laughs> yes, the verbal abuse was just misunderstood because he couldn't it's a complete misunderstanding. You know, Did I've... he just call me a, a B-word? I can't tell. <laughs> Listen, I have no proof of this, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Macho Man physically abused Liz, but we won't get into that. We won't know if he verbally abused her. We... <laughs> Can anyone ever know, really? <laughs> they get him in court and they pull out a recording of it and the judge is just like, Listen, I you can't submit this as evidence. <laughs> It's like someone trying to start a car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Anyway, one oh, of the yeah. highlights of the pay-per-view. Jesus. Big show talking. No, 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 the match. The next match. Oh, the next match. match. Yeah, yeah. Yuji uh, Nagata defeating Ultimo Dragon. Um, and a very good match. Yes. So, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, New Japan. Then no, I with don't whom? Know. Okay, uh, with whom WCW has a partnership with does this thing called excursions for their young wrestlers. So they get them up in their dojo. They do opening matches on New Japan cards. Where they always lose because you know they're the young guys. They're the young guys, yeah. And then they send them on excursion to a company that they have a partnership with in a different country, usually U.S. or Mexico, um, or sometimes the U.K. So Yuji Nagata, I'm assuming because it's your two pay per views in a row. And yes, it's not yes. just it's not just a one-off. Yeah. I'm assuming this is an excursion. Oh, so interesting. He's here for a while, and excursions can be anywhere from you know a few months to like two years. So I have no idea how long we'll have. Oh, it's so like a Mormon mission. Like a Mormon mission. Yeah, yes. for Japanese people. It's for Japanese, Japanese wrestlers. wrestlers. <laughs> Good heavens. Okay. I so, think, and I think Mike Tanay even mentioned that. I think he. Oh, did he say he's on excursion? Think, no, I think he mentioned that sometimes what uh, Japanese wrestling promotions will do is they'll send... I don't think he ever used the word excursion, but I okay. think he said they'll send them to other promotions yes. to like, get them experience and things yes. like that. So I think he did mention yes. that during this match. They've, they've been, that's been happening with Japanese wrestling since the JWA days, um, you know, decades and decades and decades ago. Uh, I think Antonio Inoki was a big... Not a big part of that, but because he got a lot of training in Brazil... Which is why I took the name Antonio, because, you know, Antonio is not a Japanese name. Um, one of the reasons why that was solidified with New Japan. So, anyway. Anyway, all that. Uh, this had very good work, I thought. There's some rest holds that were a little too long. And yeah. some uh, Sunny yeah. Ono shenanigans. But overall, yes. I thought it built well. I thought the last five minutes were absolutely the climax of the match. Yeah. And there's some cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Nagata hit a German suplex in Ultimo Dragon that he must have underestimated how much Dragon weighed. Because he flew, and Dragon landed right, like, as badly as you can on the back of your head. I remember that. And yeah. it looked really bad. So Nagata, wisely, <laughs> right after he did that, he started posing to the crowd so he could give Ultimo Dragon some time to, like, get his bearings. Nice. Because that, yeah, he must have known instantly, because he's just like, yeah, just started posing. I was like, he um, didn't, wasn't really much of a poser. Like, no. Was, so to see him do that, I, was, I guess I, now that I think about it, yes. that, something had to be... He, I'm assuming, because, like, I'm, obviously, I've never wrestled, but I'm assuming, like, he, he hit that German, and he's like, that was way too high. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I'll go buy him some time. So, that's that's my assumption what, what happened What happens there. in the, uh, is the Hennig-Flair match, I think, later on, too. I think Hennig, no. 
Uh, it happens later, I know, because I was like, oh, is that guy's neck okay? <laughs> Sally asks a question that comes up way too much with pro wrestling. Oh, it's Guerrero Mysterio. That's what it was. Guerrero does a suplex, and Mysterio like, lands on his neck almost. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I actually think that might be what I'm thinking of. I think I might have gotten their spots confused. This is what I get for not writing that down. I think he did. No, he did pose, though. He did. Uh, now I can't remember. Oh, well. I'm going to go back and rewatch it. This was a good match. Both these guys had solid work. I liked both these guys. People that, like, know the history of wrestling know these are both good workers. So it's exactly what we'd expect out of these two. Uh, Trevor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Ultimate Dragon continues to grow on me. Pay-per-view after pay-per-view. Yep. I like him. Uh, good cruiserweight. Three stars. Yeah. Luke? Yeah, uh, a lot of the same. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those matches where, I mean, obviously better than anything I'd seen so far. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I gave it uh, three and a half, three and a half stars. Yeah, I gave it three and three quarters. I really, really liked this match. Uh, Big Dave, Demelts, mm-hmm. Peaches, say it, Peaches it gave it three flat. Okay, so uh, he's wow. Still, so he, me and Dave, no, he's like <laughs> he he was like flatlining, and yes. now he is like okay. Oh my goodness, okay. But he's still under what most of us are giving it. So he's got three zero and point two five now. So, so was that three point two five divided by three? One point one and under one point one per yes. match average. We're gonna keep wow. this average thing going on per match. We gotta do math as we go. Gotta do math. Okay, next we have the Steiner brothers. Yeah. Defending <laughs> the tag titles over Stephen Regal, now known as William Regal, teaming up with Dave Taylor. So is he still Lord Stephen Regal at this point? He, I do not believe I heard the word Lord. He was last pay per view. <laughs> maybe he still is. Um, Scott Steiner looks like an absolute lab experiment. <laughs> Vince is drooling. (laughs) How can I get this guy to WWE? Vince is calling him every single day. (laughs) Vince is blowing up his phone right now. Vince is blowing up his phone. Leaves voicemails. While Scott is blowing up his muscles with juice. Um, He's got anchor arms. (laughs) (laughs) Spongebob reference. Freak! Like it's absurd yeah, it's his body proportions. And, well, he's a short guy too, which just he's makes not it, tall. It just makes it even bigger. It's probably why Vince doesn't want him. Uh, <laughs> the muscles aren't enough. <laughs> and they were in their hometown too. They were. Oh, they went to they went to, to Michigan, the University of Michigan, and they even and I almost muted it during this time because they were they referenced uh, Michigan beating Ohio State and going to the Rose Bowl <laughs> yes, to play Washington did. State. Uh, they did, and I was like, oh, which the is second, uh, the runner ups that year. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. We are Cornhusker fans. Yes, if anyone Nebraska listening to this Cornhusker. podcast thinks that Michigan was the best <laughs> NCAA football team in the nineteen ninety seven season, you are incorrect. Objectively. Objectively, there is facts to back this You can up. email me at wrestlinglandscape at gmail.com and I'll talk about it extensively on a future episode. <laughs> It'll be in the mailbag. It'll be in the mailbag. <laughs> we, we do have some questions in the mailbag, so uh, next episode I record, I will, uh, I, will address, I will address them. Or I might do, I might do one, one email an episode going forward. You can do one so. today? Oh, we could. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll close with it. We should do one today. That way Luke and I can answer as well. Sure. <laughs> Is it a question that I'm actually going to be able to answer? Uh, we'll do the one that you can, yeah. Okay. We'll do. because we, Is there we, only two sent in? There, I have two, yes. <laughs> one of them is from a Canadian listener of ours. <laughs> is it Bret Hart? It is not Bret Hart. No, it's not Owen. Unless he's... Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Sorry. man. Sorry. I think it still might be a little too soon. Oh. What are we, 20 years removed? When is it, it passed too soon for... Of certain events. Well, to talk about them, you can make Abe Lincoln jokes. So you can make Abe can we make nine eleven jokes yet? No, no, no. Well, no. Some people do. Well, not yeah. on this podcast. We won't. 
Anyway. Okay. Wow. This is, <laughs> this is going what has happened? Sorry. Sorry. You know we what? started talking about Macho Man and Liz uh, uh, marital abuse. We're, we're referencing 9-11 jokes. What is going on well, here? Well, the pay-per-view was just that the, bad. We don't want to I, talk about it. I don't think we want to spend a lot of time on it. And Dave Taylor, is that his name? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about him. Was his name Dave? Was yeah, it Dave, Dave Taylor, Taylor, yeah. Was he even British? Big, I think he is. I don't know. He's always portrayed as British. <laughs> All right, well. He came out with Regal, so. Well, they portrayed Kofi Kingston as Jamaican. <laughs> He's not? No. <laughs> no. No, he is not. He is, he is from Massachusetts. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Of course um, Vince would do that. So he, he actually was born in Ghana, but he moved to the States when he was very young. Of course Vince would so do that. So it's like Massachusetts is his, is his home. My goodness. All right. Ooh. All right. Steiner's. Steiner's did, did, you ever, did you ever see that segment on Raw where New Day had like a time machine? So Kofi went in and he came out talking with a Jamaican accent again. And they tried to put him back in. He's like, no, no, 2009 was my year. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wonderful. It was, oh, it was, that yeah, is wonderful. It was a high spot on a Raw show. <laughs> this pay-per-view. So oh. it's Steiner's. Greg is going to be editing this episode. And he's like, Lance, we can't put this episode on. <laughs> I don't Okay. Care. I don't blame him. So Scott looks like a lab experiment. Yes. Um, Steiner's <laughs> throwing people is awesome, and I'm always here for it. Uh, William Re- um, Stephen Regal, excuse me, is very good at little things. When they do something subtle in the ring, like when they got the Greco-Roman knucklehead going on, and one of the Steiners starts crushing his wrist, he makes very, very sure to sell it very loudly, because like that's a very small movement. So, like, most people aren't seeing that. Yeah. So, he's smart. So, he's like, I really have to oversell this so that yes. people know what's going on. Yeah. Gotcha. So, he's yeah. a smart guy. does a lot of little things well to help tell the story in the ring. Um, makes himself look like a total dweeb. Yes, yes he, does. he does. Which is brilliant because he's not supposed to get any cheers. So, he's not doing anything to get any cheers. Right, he always says shut up, too. Yes. So shut oh, shut up. Saying it, somebody. Because I'm great at accents. Wait, you utilize that accent. Um, yeah, terrible. So, guys, I actually kind of liked this match. Yeah, this wasn't bad. I went three and a quarter. Wow. Trevor. Um, I don't know. It's something about when Rick Steiner goes between the legs of Scott that <laughs> I just put my head down. I just, I don't Why? know. Why? It's, it's it just weirds me it's out. It's their thing, though. I know. I just, I thing. don't like the Steiners. I really don't. He's the dog-faced gremlin. Uh, I just can't, I, I can't do the Steiners. I like Regal. So I, I First of it. all, I've never heard you say I like Regal before, so that's a step. Well, yeah. When he, when he was in the 2000s, I did not care for him. True. We uh, we were never really huge fans of that technical style. I like what he's doing in WCW. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot so of little things it, well. I gave it two stars. Okay, Luke. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a, a step up from Disco and Saturn. Yes, it was. <laughs> Anything um, is. So, yeah, I gave it two and a half. Um, I thought that they, they did well. I, this was actually the first time in I don't know how long that I, I saw uh, the Steiner Bulldog. Oh, yes, yes. Off the top. I cannot remember the last time I've seen one of those. So that was that. a little bit of nostalgia for me. That was very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I gave it two and a half stars right right in the middle. You know. Steiner's obviously the faces in this one. Yeah, um, no they, confusion there. No confusion there. They retained the tag titles. Uh, Demelts gave this two stars. Hey, I'm with him again. Which you are. <laughs> two in a row. He is... Melts has been either the lowest or tied the lowest for all of our ratings on every match so far. <laughs> I don't think Dave liked this pay-per-view Dave at is all. not enjoying this pay-per-view. Next, <laughs> we had uh, J.J. Dillon 
the one and only. Oh yeah. Oh, that JJ. That JJ, not the other JJ Dillon. That JJ Dillon saying that if Raven does not sign a contract with WCW, he will no longer be allowed on any future WCW shows. Which came kind of out of nowhere because there was no mention of it in any of the nitros I watched. Sounds like WCW. Oh, turn changing rating again. Yep. <laughs> This is like changing your answers in the middle of a test. When I start thinking about it, then I, <laughs> you know, I get off the emotion or what I initially think and I, you know, can't do that. So. Totally. Uh, next. So that set up the Raven match next where he defeated Pegleg Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you texted me that? <laughs> Blindbeard the Pirate? Blindbeard the Pirate. Scotty Riggs, for those of you not in the know, who has an eye patch. Um, because he got poked in the eye or something, didn't he? he by Raven? No, Nitro? he did the drop. Uh, he did the uh, the drop toe, toe hold onto the chair. Onto the chair, mm. and so Scotty Riggs is now blind yeah. because he hit the chair with his face. I, I don't. Yeah, I've anyway. never seen that before. Yeah, it's a it's a no mix. pun intended. It, oh, hey, there it is. It's it's a mix mix of old school wrestling with new school extreme stuff. Because you know, back when a drop toe hold on a chair was pretty extreme. <laughs> Wow, we've come a long uh, way. We've come a long way. In American wrestling, like in Japanese wrestling, they had already done their deathmatch tournament, which of which McFoley was a part, and of course, probably. <laughs> it's funny reading his book and like reading how much he made for their shows. I was like, I would never do that for $150. No. <laughs> his health insurance premium has to be so high. You think he has health insurance? <laughs> no one would insure any, that guy. Any company in the world would insure. No one is insuring McFoley. He has right to now. be. The only reason he's alive is because of his health insurance. He has no health insurance. Back then, notoriously, there was only one insurance company in the world that would insure pro wrestlers, and they were called Lloyd's of London. <laughs> I'm Who? not joking. Lloyd's of London. And for some reason, they were just either unaware about what pro wrestling was or something, but they were like the only company that would insure pro wrestlers. <laughs> and finally, they got wise to it and stopped insuring pro wrestlers. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Rick Rude was insured by Lloyd's of London. Which is why he retired, so he could keep getting his payouts. Because hey. if he wrestled again, they'd be like, you're not injured. There you <laughs> <So>. go. <laughs> That's so Rick Rude made off like a bandit. That is hilarious. And he kept getting paychecks from WWF because he would show on screen, so. There you go. Rick, Rick Rude, Rude played the system, Rick Rude, man. the smartest man in the business. And he, okay. he didn't even wrestle, and we're talking about him more than <laughs> half the wrestlers tonight. I think Rick Rude deserves five stars for this pay-per-view. Oh, five stars to Rick Rude. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we had Raven defeating Peg Leg Riggs via KO. Um, and a no DQ match, um, which uh, uh, no, uh, oh, Raven's rules. rules match. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, not no DQ. Oh, as we're 40 minutes in on match four, that's halfway done. We've, Five. We've said a lot of nonsense. Okay. Oh, this is the sorry, greatest. Greg. I apologize. So, yeah. Greg the editor. Greg the editor. Well, Greg. Greg runs the Greg runs the site. The listeners know who he is. G Dog. G. I'm sure no one calls him G Dog. I just did that. <laughs> Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things and Everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. 
So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com, and for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com, enter the code B+, at checkout. Good God Almighty. Okay. Um, there were some cool chair spots. It was fine. I don't know. It was a Raven match from 97. I gave it two stars. Luke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Ra- Raven, uh, Raven was just, I thought they could have used him a little bit better. I, I thought the Raven's flux stable was a good idea. Yes. yes. That's a Especially great name for a stable. Yes. I mean, it's 97. Grunge is at its peak. Yes. yes. I mean, you know, I thought... There's so much good that could have come from this, and yet we just had Van Hammer carry Scotty Riggs out of a ring to end a match. With his nipple ring. With his nipple ring. <laughs> and... You know, How did that man have a job? You know. How do half these people have a job? <laughs> and of course, he, you know, during the Perry Saturn disco match, he no-sold the chart buster oh. for disco. So, you know, it's just... it's Yeah, it... Every time a disco had a move called the chart buster? Yeah, that was his finisher. I love wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great name for his finisher, but I don't think he deserved to have a finisher to begin with. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so I gave it, I, I thought it was fine. I thought, I gave it two and a half. I, I was sure. right in the middle. I, yeah. Folks, when we're talking about a, a no DQ style match in 97, this was nothing of what was to come. Okay. Raven had just come from being a top guy in ECW. He'd had his fair share of wars. This was incredibly tame compared to those. So don't, don't get in your idea. This is some kind of hardcore match trevor thoughts uh i don't know how to yeah i don't i don't know what to make a raven i feel like i like him but i also feel like i don't but maybe it was just because this was such a weird match and yeah. he was fighting scotty riggs patchy yeah. the pirate uh so two and a half like luke two and a half also a fun fact i didn't know this before this pay-per-view but scotty riggs and buff bagwell used to be a tag team they did mention that didn't they they were called the american males but they never got over one star <laughs> i don't think buff bagwell that, yeah, that anyway. tag team did not sell a single ticket. No, no one paid to see the American males. What big DM have? Uh, uh, three quarters of a star. I'm surprised you gave it that much. So, <laughs> is the average back under one now again? We're getting close. Uh, so we're at six total over Divide five matches. Five or just the fifth match? One, two, yeah, three, is. four, five. So what is that? One point two. Yeah. Dave is averaging a one point two rating. What's, we'll get under one. what's saving it is the Nagata versus Dragon. That match. is holding it afloat right now. <laughs> yeah, but he give it three on that. Give it three flat. 
Next, we had Mongo. Oh, here boy. we go. Mick yeah. Michael coming yeah. out to the ring with a lead pipe. Go for Bears. No um, then we cut to a screenshot of Bill Goldberg. <laughs> I forgot about this. Was laid this the out. only time that Bill Goldberg ever had something bad happen to him in the entire history of WCW? I listened. My goodness. He was attacked backstage. It was insinuated that it was Mongo with the lead pipe in the living room. What is this, Clue? So, <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> so, he asks for a new opponent. Deborah brings out Alex Wright. They had a match. I don't know why this happened. They a- just... This was the same match from, from Halloween Havoc. I, I would have rather seen Goldberg fight. Totally. I, I can't explain this. And you hate Goldberg. But I hate Alex Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I can't explain this. It it happened. I, I don't, Luke, say something. <laughs> I have nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex Wright's a, he's a fine worker. Um, I think so. McMichael Trevor's is... changing his writing again. <laughs> what is that? Four out of five that we've changed now? Um, Mongo is, you know, he's a typical bruiser. So, you know, he did he held his weight there. Um, Go Bears. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least this time Charles Robinson didn't have to save the match. Because um, there was no saving this match. <laughs> Forgot about that. But, um, yeah, I gave it half a star. Because... They showed Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg bumped it up. <laughs> um, I gave it a star and a half, which I immediately regret. But, Trevor? That's why I bumped mine down. <laughs> um, I don't edit mine mid, uh... <laughs> mid-card. Yeah. I don't like Alex Wright. <laughs> Is it his accent? No, surprisingly. <laughs> Quarter star. Quarter star. Big Dave. Oh, no. Demelts. Oh, no. Negative just... one. I knew it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Negative one. So that's, that's five... Stars and six. six. Nah, no. yeah. <laughs> so we are under one now. That's like point eight stars. Yeah, we're eight six. Right there. Oh. This is one heck of a pay per view, guys. Point eight six for Big D. Thank God, Guerrero Mysterio is next. You know, if they had just done Ultimo and Nagata and five times, and, <laughs> and then had Eddie and Ray do like another three or four matches, this would have been a fine pay Oh my god. Alright, we don't need to talk about this match anymore. We, <laughs> we spent too much time on it. Guys, we're 47 minutes into this podcast. Oh man. Again, sorry Greg. Okay. Uh, G-Dog. Okay, here we go. We have Eddie Guerrero oh, defending the Cruiserweight title against Ray Mysterio Jr. Yay. He successfully defended the Cruiserweight title. Yeah. He retained, thankfully, because they've been hot potatoing this title. They have. Around. I'm glad it, I'm actually glad it yes. stuck with this. Yes. yes. I'm glad there was a retaining of a title. Oh, okay. Yes. I briefly have to go back for the Alex Wright versus <laughs> Steve McMichael match. Why? My, Why do we have to go back? Because my notes, I just said, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wrote for my notes. I just wrote why. <laughs> That's all I wrote. Have questions. <laughs> Luke wrote how. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing but questions. <laughs> what? I mean, look, the match made no sense. It, was, it made no sense. Why Alex Wright fighting him if Goldberg's hurt? It makes no sense. They didn't build that up. Goldberg Mongo is the match at Starcade. This is soon to be WCW's biggest star. He's facing Mongo McMichael okay. at their biggest show yes. of the year. Does he even have a job in a year, McMichael? I have no idea. I don't think he's around for another year. I don't think he is either. I don't think he is. <laughs> We'll okay. find out. Sorry, folks. I had to go back for just a brief second. This company is making money hand over fist. This hope for us all to make money. <laughs> this is beating WWF right now. This is beating WWF right now. Again, I ask you, 
How? Because of just NWO. Questions. Just questions. Honestly, because of NWO. Okay, I'm moving on. I bet that. they won't survive. I guarantee it. <laughs> Dusty is rolling in his grave. Dusty? Okay. Guerrero successfully retains. Okay. Yes. I have lots of things I want to say about Guerrero. Something positive. There's tons of heat on him in this match. Yes, there is. The crowd is here yes. to boo Guerrero. Yes. yes. His work... Okay, guys. Compared to the like how tightly and quickly and efficiently he is moving in that ring compared to everyone else that came before him. So, his work's there. The heat's there. How is Bischoff not watching this match and thinking... In a year to a year and a half, this is our next top heel. Because like, he's, you just answered, he's not watching the match. <laughs> he's too busy talking Hogan into showing up. No, but like, I like I don't want you to hire not watching this match and thinking, oh, this is our next top guy. Like, this is our next top heel. Like, the heat's there, the work's there. He's, the, everything's there. He's the best heel in the business. He's the best heel in the business. See, Vince McMahon's about to be the best heel in the business at this point in 97. I was just say, what, but another like, week or two and he is yeah, going to be for, the... uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm watching this match, and that's all I can think, that Guerrero is, in within the next 12 to 18 months... He's killing ...should it. be your top heel. He's killing it right now. Because the NWO angle, at this point, should blow off in the next six months. Sting should end it. At Sting should end it. We'll then... see. I think maybe it should have gone. We'll talk about that next okay, month. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll talk yeah, about we'll the next month. It. We'll save it. But, like, that, that's all I can think about is watching this match. Is that he's a money, money heel. So good. People hate him. He's amazing in the ring. People would pay money to see him. And all the, all the other career. heels just tell the crowd to shut up. Like, yeah. That's all they that's, do. That's their heel work. Shut up. That's Guerrero, it. Guerrero's over here after Mysterio does a move. Guerrero goes up to the rack and he's like, no, 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 come here. Listen, yeah, he's, he's doing the arm drag and he's pulling my pants. And pulling the like, trunks, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. But he did the hair pull he thing, He did the too. hair pull thing every time. He's so good. <sighs> So, Rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Dripping with charisma. <laughs> Man. This company was so short-sighted and so blind to the stars they had up and coming that they could have and should have had the best main event scene from 98 to really 2004. Can you We haven't even mentioned this, this guy because he's not in this pay-per-view. Guerrero and Jericho. Guerrero and Jericho could have carried the heels. Yes, yes absolutely. Jericho is he's getting it. Absolutely, he's right there. He could. They guys, could have, those two guys could have carried the heels yes. in WCW. Guys, Jericho, Guerrero, Mysterio, and Benoit should have been like the big four that they were pushing after like the main event scene they had here. Like yeah. that should have been. Those should have been the four guys they had earmarked for. Guerrero and Jericho were going to be the top heels. Mysterio and Benoit were going to be the top faces. Now the problem was that all four of those guys are under 6'5". <laughs> and so, uh, of course, they can't draw money, which they all disproved because they were all heavyweight champions uh, in WWE and did just fine. That should have been like the big four moving forward. This match shouldn't be making us upset. It this should match... be making us happy. Yes. And yet, yes. it's making us upset. Yes. because Please. It's so frustrating because yeah. think about 98. Sting overcomes Hogan. Like, he should be your top face. Bret Hart comes in. Yep. He should be your number two baby face. Yep. Uh, Goldberg, Goldberg gets crazy hot. Yep. And Hogan is still a top guy and the best yeah. in the business. Yeah. That should have been your big four for 98, yes. 99. Come 2000, those four guys that we're talking about, Benoit, Jericho, Mysterio, uh, uh Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so come 2000, those four are... Take uh, over. Yes. Have gotten the wins over the previous four guys and that's your big four. But you know what? Sting, Hart, uh, uh, Goldberg... And sometimes Hogan, I guess, are still there. 
like, DDP too. DDP, absolutely. Yeah, DDP is an mid card guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. U.S. title, just have to fight for that. Yes. And as much as Scott Steiner is completely roided out of his mind, he's a guy that had a fan base that was decent in the ring. Like yeah. you put him in there in a five minute match with him throwing folks around. Especially when his big pump. Yes. Yeah, his big pump pump uh, gimmick was great. Yes, like, I loved that big pump. I mean, not love, but I mean, I thought right. it, for that time it was it, it heal that can get heat yep. better than yep. his tag team yep. identity. And guys, think about it. So maybe not Hall because his alcoholism really took over. But like Nash is still a big name yeah. in 98, 99, 2000. And he's a lot younger than Hogan is. Yes. Yes. Think about uh, Malenko can still carry the mid card yeah. as a U.S. champ, as the true oh, yeah. champ. Yeah. They still had partnerships with AAA in Mexico and New Japan. So they can still bring guys over like Yuji Nagata. And Kidman was Dragon. fine. Kidman. I was Billy just Kidman. Of, I was just saying that Kidman, Raven, they can do Raven's Flock. You got it right there. Guys, they had the work. And the charisma to build new top guys. They had the talent. By the by 99 and 2000 at the latest. And they had a good enough supporting staff to have a real solid mid-card moving forward. Because we, we wouldn't have talked about Chavo or Juventud Guerrera or Psychosis or La Parca. Like, Bischoff has one person to blame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> guys, they, ha- they absolutely have the talent to have a oh, new yeah. high-profile main event scene oh, yeah. with fresh faces and, like, these big names to still, like, work less often, like Sting and Bret Hart and Hogan, but still come in and work programs. Yep. And, like, the, Hogan's going to sign a contract to work five matches a year. Oh, like, absolutely he would. Like, <laughs> Hart's going to sign a contract to work five matches yes. a year. Like, have them show up at your big four. Yeah, yeah. Have them show up at Starcade. Have them show up at, you know, your Great American Bash, your, you know. Yep. Yep. Uh, Super Brawl. Super Brawl, yeah. They absolutely had the talent and the names to have a new main event scene and a new mid-card come 99 and 2000. Now, would any of them have been as hot as Stone Cold and The Rock? No. No. They would have been number two. Yes. But they would have not only kept existing, they would have been profitable. Yes. They would have kept up. Yes, it would have still been competition. They would have been losing come 99. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think think anything was going to change that. McMahon was too hot as a heel. Stone Cold was too hot as a face. And then obviously the rock exploded rock, as a yeah. face. They had, yeah, they had too, they yeah, had too they much, had too much. WWF yeah. were still going to be winning, but WCW could keep existing, yeah, and still be profitable. Yeah, because people always complain that Jamie Kellner, when he took over the AOL Time Warner merger, he's like, oh, wrestling, we're getting rid of wrestling. He got rid of wrestling because they were losing sixty million dollars a year. If they're making sixty million dollars a year, I think he's not canceling. He's not canceling wrestling on his network. No, not if, if they're profitable, much. he's not getting rid of you. Like it doesn't matter if he hates wrestling. Wrestling, if they're making his company money, he's not getting rid of it. People like to think that, like, oh, Colander had this vendetta against wrestling. If they're making money, he doesn't care. Yep. He doesn't have a vendetta against making money. Right, right. Nobody does. I right. Mean, it is yeah. not Colander's fault. It's Hogan, it's Bischoff, it's Russo. And to a smaller extent, Kevin Sullivan, but that's a different story. So, like, they absolutely have the ability to move on. And he's right here, Eddie Guerrero. And he's right here. <laughs> And Mysterio, we haven't even talked about Mysterio. No, yeah. About the, yeah. Mysterio is young here at this point, isn't he? So young. Yeah. What, what did they say? 21? Yeah, he's 22? young. Carry the cruise away. Him and Ultimate oh, Dragon. God. Him and Kidman and Dragon could have had some amazing matches. Amazing. Oh, yeah. La Parca. I Guys, listen. Psychosis. I mean, oh my god. Oh, I didn't guys. care for Psychosis. But anyways. <laughs> I did not care for the gap. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, this match was great. This match... <laughs> This is now the match that is carrying the paper. Yes, because it's so funny to watch these two guys work, especially in the context of watching all the matches before it. Yeah. And then you see two of these guys, and it's like, the Christmas of everything they do, the timing. Now, a thing on the timing. 
there were like three spots that were kind of boxed. Yes, I, was I wrote say that, that down. Yeah. There was a few spots that were a little sloppy. Yes, there were but absolutely I mean, a few things very that noticeable. You got to remember too, they're coming off the match of the uh, yes, year absolutely. at Halloween oh, Havoc. Yeah. Absolutely, that was. Oh. So I don't know how you top that unless you get a five star match. Right. But, so, I mean, you've got a lot to live up to. A so lot to live up to. I, th- I felt like, when I was watching it, I felt like I was comparing it to that right. match. I was like, oh, mm. they didn't it's do It's not it quite as good. And then I was like, no, Luke, this is still the best match yes. of the night. He- Here's the deal, though. If I can be honest, if they had hit those three spots they botched, yeah. I think it would have been better than Havoc. Yeah, Because they went big. Close. They tried some big things. It was. It would have been close. And I think if they would have hit it, it would have been better. I don't even but know. What did I rate that one? Nonetheless... This was an excellent match. Their work is just through the roof. The creativity is through the roof. Guerrero and Mysterio are geniuses at Americanizing Lucha Libre to where they're keeping all the cool spots, but they're giving it American psychology and pacing it in an, in an American-style way. Like, guys, that's not an easy thing to do. When so you watch good. wrestling from different countries and you realize how differently they're just, like, thinking about the match... To incorporate a different company's style is very, very difficult. Not everyone can do it. When Shawn Michaels was in Japan, he sucked. Like, he's an amazing American wrestler, but in Japan... One of the better ones of all time. Yes, yes. But in Japan, he sucked. Like, that's just not an easy thing to do. And these guys are geniuses at it. It's... it's Stepping out here... Yeah. Are these the two top wrestlers in... Two of the top wrestlers in WCW right now? Two of? Absolutely. Are they the two best... I think it's these two, Malenko and Benoit. I was gonna, you got to include these guys in the top five. Yes, if you're if you're talking just bell to bell, I'd say these two, Malenko and Benoit, are the best four in WCW at this moment. They're, they're so good, so just so fun to watch. Unreal match. Like I said, there were a couple botches. <laughs> um, I gave it. What did I get? I gave it three and three quarters. Jeff. Yeah. I think the maybe I'm more perfectionist, but the uh, the botches took you out of it too bo- much. Yeah, I yeah. I remember those more mm-hmm. than how good it was. Yeah. so I went three and a half. Three and a half from Truff. Uh, I went same with you. Three and three quarters. Three and three quarters. Yeah, there you if, go. If if, if the, like you said, I think if those three botches hadn't occurred, I'd have been pushing four and a half. Oh yeah, probably four Easy. and three quarters. Yep, because they I, just they kept it. They they upped. They upped yep. it from Halloween. It, so it was so good. And I think what made it feel that way was watching this after the previous five matches. And yeah, like, this stood out like, so much. Sometimes watching bad wrestling is good because it makes you understand how good the good wrestling is. Or maybe I was worn out, and that's why I went lower. Sure. Five matches. So, like, I know you guys don't watch New Japan, but they just got done with their big tournament of the year. You know, when it's just like... it's So it's 91 matches in the whole tournament. Dear Lord. And, yeah. But it's like... All of them are so literally like uh Melcher gave fifty six of the ninety one four stars or better. Jeez. So it's just like this unreal tournament, you know? And so it's like and I get so spoiled that like I see a four star match in this tournament, and I'm like, eh, it was fine. So it's like watching Alabama Clemson like fifteen <laughs> times in right, a row. Yeah. Right. You can start nitpicky on stuff, and you're like, ah. Yeah. So but then like I come and watch this page and I'm like, oh no. Like, Kazuchika Okada really is the best wrestler in the world right now. Mm. Like, Will, Will Ospreay really is the best wrestler in the world right now. Because yeah. it's just... Because the things that they're doing, especially compared to, like, this 1997 pay-per-view, is just so astronomically unimaginable. Anyway, I should show you the Okada-Ospreay match sometime. Because I know you like Ospreay. I do like Ospreay. You like Ospreay. Have you ever seen a Will Ospreay match, Luke? I have not, no. We'll find you a good one. We'll do some research. We'll do some research. There's plenty of them on YouTube, so... I'm saying I can find them. Oh, yeah. Um, where are we? Oh, Big Dave. 
Yeah. Dave gave this four flat. I can see that. His highest rated on the show. Yep. Well, yep. so we're back over one for an average. <laughs> yep, so um, that's that nine and seven, seven matches. matches. Oh, excellent. 1.2-ish. And, and, sure. and two matches have given, like, what, seven to that? Yes. <laughs> Dear Lord. Okay, next. Yeah, anyway. We had Kurt Hennig oh, yeah, another, yeah. defending the U.S. title over Ric Flair in a no-DQ match. So I want to give WCW credit. <laughs> this booking makes sense. It did. Two months ago at Fall Brawl, Hennig turned on the four horsemen at War Games, causing them to lose. The month after, they had a match which ended in a DQ because it was a grudge match, so they're going after each other. So we get the blow-off in a no-DQ match for the U.S. title. I want to give Bischoff credit. That made total sense. It did. It worked. Well match made sense. Well done, Bischoff. Plus, Bischoff putting Flair in the U.S. scene keeps him out of the world title scene, so Hogan doesn't feel threatened. Uh, (laughs) Don't think for a second that was not a consideration. Everything is done to appease Hogan. Keep that in mind, guys. The reason why Guerrero's not a top guy in a year? Hogan. <laughs> the reason why Flair's wrestling for the U.S. title? Hogan. That is Bischoff's mindset. You have to keep that in mind. The reason why Sting doesn't go over clean next month at Starcade? Hogan. Don't think for a second Hogan does not have a big hand in destroying this company. Moving on. Screw you, Hogan. <laughs> Screw you, Hogan. Uh, so... I wrote one note for this match. Why was this so long? It was very long. It was so long. I got on, okay, my, see, I got on my phone at one point. Here's, Same! <laughs> here's, here's the one thing, though. If they would have taken out their in-crowd fighting yes. and just stuck with it, I thought this would have been a great yes. match. It made sense. It was brutal. It, they worked it like a grudge what match. Did, what did they do in the crowd? They just threw punches. So yeah, it's just it like made, they're walking around yeah. five minutes... Punches and it's like so. What is this Memphis? Like I was, I was bored after thirty seconds, but yes. then at the end, I was more interested than I was at the beginning because they Same. actually let these two talented guys yeah. do their thing. And I Same. thought it was a good match, but it was so long, so long, way longer than it needed to be, especially after a crappy pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave this two flat. Luke, I gave it three flat. Three flat, and it was. Like I five. didn't grade it on anything they did in the crowd. I just graded the match <laughs> on the ring, <laughs> and I gave it three. Trevor, uh, I gave it three and a half. Wow, hey, okay. I liked it. Yes, I, I, I think I've done that in the past too, where you guys, we've been in a flare match. Yep, and you know, it's just there's too many things that are wrong with it. But flare just works for Pleasure. me. I'm sorry, I cut you That's off. That's it. Flair, like, guys, this was a perfectly worked American-style grudge match. Yeah. It had psychology that made sense with Flair going after Hennig's leg because he mm-hmm. wanted to beat him with the figure four. Yep. Um, there's some cool chair spots. Like, actually, oh, that chair spot was yeah. amazing. You don't even really expect Flair to be creative with chair spots. No. It's not exactly as cool. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny when Hennig walked down. He sat on his chair as he was yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. You know? Hennig's selling like a genius. Because he can. Because he, he can. Like, there was a lot of positive things to this match. Yes. But way too long. Yeah. Wait, then the crowd brawling was not for me. But, like, overall, like, it was a perfectly good American grudge match. Meltz gave it two and a half. Okay. I can see that. So he's in the range with all of us. Yeah. Main event. The 60-man three ring. There's lots to talk about here. World War Three Battle Royal. So just right off the bat, three members from the Viano family from Mexico are eliminated in thirty seconds. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> to start I can't the match. keep I can't keep up the first three minutes. Just I like, cannot keep up. Well, just this legendary family absolutely disgraced in the first sixty seconds. The last nitro before this 
the the Vianos were out in the ring doing a tag match. Oh, were they? Or no, it was a it was a cruiserweight battle royal. Oh, they awesome! A cruiserweight battle royal. That sounds fun. And the giant comes out and clears every cruiserweight out of the ring. Classic. Literally in one night, they bury the entire cruiserweight division. Classic. Oh my god. And I'm thinking, oh my god. This just ruined your entire cruiserweight division. Oh my god. Classic. I did not know that happened. Yes. This is th- I'm glad Luke does this. For oh us. my god. Because I don't want to do it, but Luke does it. I mean, I get it. You're trying to make the giant look good, but don't crush <laughs> yeah, your entire on. cruiserweight division in one night. They do not want to build up the cruiserweight division. They do not. It's, it's like the first two matches of pay per view. <sighs> they bury the guys. Yeah. So, anyway, How, they're the, Eric Bischoff. Has not spent a second thinking past next month's pay-per-view. No, he thinks in the now. Like, he thinks he, what he has right now. He, I, I love the way Jack Encarnacio said it from the Laps Fan Podcast. Like, Bischoff's like, you think I have a second to think about anything except for the next quarter hour TV rating. <laughs> and it's just like, you look at these shows, that's all he's thinking about. He's not thinking at all about any kind of future for WCW. No. All he's thinking about is Monday's ratings. Yeah, he needs somebody to tell him, hey, in 2000, here's the guys that could yep. be up there. You should be working towards this. Yep. But he didn't have anybody like that, and he could nope. only think in the now. And guys, honestly, part of that is from Bischoff not really being an old school guy in the business. Like, he was with the AWA very briefly, and it's absolutely dying days. So there's really nothing to learn there. Because the business had absolutely passed by Vern Gagne. He becomes like the sixth string announcer for WCW's, like, I'm sure, Sunday morning TV show. <laughs> and then all the, recap the week. Really recap the week. And then all of a sudden, he's an executive producer. I don't think Bischoff had enough of a wrestling mind to run a wrestling promotion. He had a good TV mind. He needed a wrestling booker alongside his TV executive producer. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I thought he had a good... TV mind. He did. But I don't think he and understood it how to... Yeah, he just didn't understand he, how to... Well, no. they, they even said, I thought, on the Monday Night Wars, they said, WWE was a wrestling company that did TV. WCW was a TV, TV company TV. that did wrestling. Mm. Yeah, and Bischoff just wasn't thinking for it at all. Hogan got way too much control, contractually. Like, they put it in his contract that Hogan had creative control, and that just crippled the company from moving on from Hogan. Because when that man can choose when he loses and when he doesn't, you're just never going to be able to move on. So, and Bischoff just had it in his head that Hogan, Piper, God. yeah, Hogan was God, that Hogan, Piper, and Macho Man were the only people that could draw a dime. That's just the only way he saw yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And the, the problem, what made it worse is that in 98, Austin gets hot, and for the first time in 83 weeks, they lose the Monday Night TV rating. So Bischoff panics, and he starts hot chatting all this stuff, and he's defaulting the guys that have drawn instead of building new guys to draw. And that stuff just starts crippling the company. Yep. You get afraid. Panicked. Yep. You have to stay the course. You have to think about the future. Which, honestly, I know this is a totally different discussion, but that makes me... I have way more trust in the AEW to do stuff like that. Because Chris Jericho has been very explicit in his podcast talking about building a company for the future. And always having, like, veterans that are past their prime to help, like, lead the younger guys. Mm -hmm. People in their prime right now that are ready to main event and draw money. And younger people that, like, you're building to get to that spot. And always having those three levels of people in your company. I mean, he he saw that firsthand. (laughs) Well, see, that's why Jericho is such a valuable asset. Yeah. Like, think about it. He was in uh, uh, CML, CMLL in Mexico. The biggest and longest running promotion in CML in Mexico. Where, like, I don't know if you guys know a lot about their business model, but it is literally impossible for them to lose money the way they've set up their arena deals and their contracts. They literally can't lose money. He's worked in New Japan and other places in Japan. Right. Uh, 
Smoky Mountain, which he saw die under Jim Cornette. Uh, ECW, which there's a lot to learn there. Yes, there is. Business lessons. WCW, where there's a lot to learn what not to do. And WWF, WWE. Like, he has seen a lot. Yeah. He has seen a lot. Yep. I think he's an incredibly valuable asset about both what to do and what not to do. And he's also a guy that he he's going to draw, mm-hmm. and he, but he's not going to be at all concerned with about putting no. people over. That is not going to be he's something he's against nope. in the slightest. He knows he's in his 40s. <laughs> yep. He knows he's in the twilight, and he's yep. fine with that, and he's yep, yes. he's willing to put people over for the good of the company. Yep. And he's one of those guys, he's always willing, he's very open-minded to the younger guys. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he gets it. He knows that things are changing. And, like, that's why it's fun listening to his podcast, because, like, even when he was in WWE, like, he doesn't know any of these indie guys. No. But like, he asks about him. He's like, oh, I've heard he's really good. Like, what's his deal? Yeah. And so, like, he learns these guys, and he's so open-minded about it. And, like, even Joey Ryan's penis gimmick. <laughs> like, Jericho, like, that's not something that would happen 25 years ago. No. But Jericho gets it. He's like, oh, yeah, any smart person in the business would take that bump. He's like, because it works. It works. And so Jericho gets it. So I think he's a very valuable asset. I would have rather talked about this than the Battle Royal. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> we have to talk about this Battle Royal. Save it next podcast. Guys... So this battle royal was unending. What did I even write about this? I put I'm sick of I'm sick of NWO shenanigans. Yeah, it was 43 minutes, by the way. <gasps> oh, oh, because I timed it. I watched it this morning. Oh, because I had one more match and I had to time out before I left to come here. Oh, 43. Minutes. Oh my god, 43. Well, minutes. and of course, <gasps> unlike every other wrestler, the NWO has their own intro. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And they get in the same ring. Same yes, ring. Yes. So, can I say, at this point... And they've done it every year so Every far. year. Can, can I say this, though? At this point in WWE's history, that works for me. They're yes, the top yeah, heel faction. It, yeah. I, I'm fine with it, but this, I know in two years I'm right, done Right, we'll with see. It. That's the problem. This is the last time that works for me. Yeah. Because, see, that's the problem with WCW. They did, like, putting NWO over huge and having them take over a show, that was the right thing to do. The problem was, they never moved on from it. No, they kept doing it. Like, it's the right thing to do now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, see, and that was Bischoff's mindset. You have to move on before it starts losing you money. You have to be ready before it starts losing you money. So, and, like, so, when it comes to just, like, the match itself, I have nothing to say. Do you guys have anything to say about the match itself? Um, before we get to, like, the last five minutes of the match? I, I mean, I kind of liked... At the end, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about the end here in a second. Yeah, yeah I just think... This I don't think there's a way this match can work. Mm, I think yep. I think there's some things when uh, you think about a match, you say, "Oh, this is a great idea," but you need somebody in your ear saying, "You know, this probably won't work." How can we have three cameras where you won't see any of the action? Half the time, guys are just punching each other. Half the time, that's the whole match. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other especially is, when you keep fifty guys and you know halfway through the match, yeah, you got to yeah. keep getting guys out. So it's like you have three camera angles, and then you zoom in on one. Something else happens in this ring, so it's just like. It, it, the max you can do is like you have to do one ring yeah you could try two rings but one ring battle royal 20 guys 30 guys in a ring that way you can focus on the ring see everything that's happening there's just no way to do three rings 60 guys it's an impossible to a match to watch on tv yeah it's impossible yeah because you're you're trying to watch oh a gdp's over here oh and now he's over like live i'm sure it was crazy i'm sure it was cool yeah live i'm sure that was amazing but you can't watch it you can't it's not you can't watch it on pay-per-view can't watch it impossible match to watch at least you know when that when the wwe does their royal rumble all 30 guys aren't in the ring at the same time yeah they can space it out they can get their spots pick their timing 
and it, it works. Yep. This, yep. it's like, it's just a massive, it's like a car accident. Yep. Yeah. I think Royal Rumble is like the best Battle Royal style match. Yes. yes. World War Three is just nope. I, too I, much I lo- going on. I love the idea, but you got to be realistic and say, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And guys, think about also, you know, the extra 1,500 <laughs> tickets they couldn't sell because they had two extra rings. In two the extra arena. rings. <laughs> that they had to make room for. <laughs> also, how does DDP always fight in jeans? That dude, let me I tell you. I literally was thinking that. I wrote it down. And I said, how can he do this every single time? He's a, such a crazy success story because he started wrestling at like 35. Yeah, he's like, not like unreal. a, a, he's not like a, a he's, prodigy. He's no. just like a guy who picked it up. Yeah. Well, like you ask him, he just like worked his butt off and he made it happen. Yeah, worked his tail off. Like, well, and it helped that Bischoff really liked him. He that was, never hurts. He was Bischoff's neighbor. So he, uh, was he really? Yes, he was. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that is funny. Yes. So uh, he... He got he got opportunities closer to the main event scene when a lot of other people didn't. So. Okay. He which is because you know well Hogan he worked did, he he worked hard like like I'm not saying he was handed anything or no. nepotism he worked hard but like the way Hogan and Nash were politicking in the back not many people were going to slip through the cracks and I think it's because of his friendship with Bischoff that like he is the reason why he was mm. only one of the few because mm. a lot of people that worked hard that did deserve to move up that didn't make it mm. so and I think that was the difference between him making it to the main event scene and other people didn't yeah so. If that makes sense. Okay, so let's get to the last five minutes. Yeah. It comes down to the last ten guys, where it's yes. five NWO members. Yep. Oh, so first of all, only 59 dudes came out. Yes. Instead of 60. Yeah. Kevin Sorry. Nash is supposed to come out as a 60th Kevin Nash guy. was supposed to be the 60th guy. God forbid he takes a bump to get paid, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's like they're going to allow it. Yeah. He can come out whenever he wants. So, so it gets down to the last five. Or, I'm sorry, last ten. Five NWO guys, five WCW guys. Yes. Yeah. The NWO music hits, and Hulk Hogan comes out. Well, no, that's no, not, no, that's, that's later. That's oh. when it's down to two on two, uh, two on one. My mistake. Yeah, because yeah, because Hulk turns around, that sees right. he's alone, and then he gets into the ring and points. And that's that's right. the point. You're yeah. so right. So the so the last ten, which was actually, this was actually kind of hot. This was a good that idea. Was a good when idea, it was the yeah. five NWO versus the five WCW. This was a good idea. Yeah. yeah. The like five uh, WCW were Luger. Giant, DDP, yes, oh boy, and two other guys. So that probably didn't matter. That probably didn't matter. So that was hot. I liked that. The crowd was into it. Uh, it gets down to two WCW guys and Scott Hall. Yeah, Giant DDP and Scott. Hall. Giant DDP and Scott Hall. Yeah, Thank like you. four got eliminated in two yeah. seconds. It was a big mess right yep. there. And then uh, Scott Hall points to the ramp, and every music hits. Hulk Hogan comes out. Yep. Which then I guess he's taking Nash's spot as number six. Which which is funny because you know the winner of this. Fu- Faces the winner of yeah, Hogan's Hogan Sting. Sting. So if Hogan wins this and then beats Sting, it's like... But see, here's here's the thing, though. I thought... When, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's the stupidest thing. And then I'm like, no, that's brilliant. Because what they could do is they could have a, a point at Super Brawl where Hogan comes out and is, I'm my own challenger. <laughs> and then they, that is when Goldberg could come oh. out and just destroy the place. <laughs> that's true. But that would have been perfect. That's that would have been a good idea. I they did... had an opportunity to do that, and but of course they screwed it. Right. And I think it was a little early for Goldberg mm-hmm. at this point. It was not until Super Bowl. I see. In February. That's still only three months away. <laughs> yeah. He did get really hot really early. In yeah, I just... Though. Like, he's right on... Like, it was wasn't just before June, he the Nitro where he beat Hall and Hogan? In the same was night? Was it May? It was summer. It was summer. It was summer. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. You know what we should do in addition to this? We should do the Nitro at the Georgia Dome. 
where he beats Hogan. We should do that. We should also do the very last match, however. Um, oh, gosh. So, Hogan comes out. These two are going at it. Um, and then, we see Sting descend yes. from above. A taller Sting. Beckoning. Yes. Uh, Sting which is now seven feet tall. With a, a mask. Which I didn't catch. And long blonde hair. Uh, so, he comes down. He attacks Giant. Eliminates Giant. Yes. Yeah. Eliminates DDP. Yep. Yes. Scott Hall. And Hogan just hops out, I think. I Hogan think just hopped out. Yeah, he got scared and just walked out. <laughs> well, that's right, because Hogan got scared of Sting and jumped out. And then, so Scott Hall wins your World War III 60-man battle royal. Sting unmasks himself to yes. reveal that it is Kevin Nash. Yes. So Sting and Hogan, I'm sorry, Nash and Hogan got paid God knows what. For a combined five minutes of work. Ted Turner's mustache, Ted I think. Turner's mustache. And then so NWO just beats on DDP afterwards. Just all NWO just kind of like meandering in the ring. Yeah. And then and it the ends. the pay-per-view goes off the air. Guys, listen. So I get the NWO getting heat. Like I get, I, Scott Hall winning makes, actually makes all the sense in the world knowing that Sting's winning makes next sense. month. Yeah. Totally fine with Scott Hall. I'm actually fine that, sorry, the match was super boring. But the ending of the match I liked besides number 60 coming out. Yes. Then. Like, just have number 60 come out as an NWO member. just comes down to that and it ends the same way. But what should have happened, well, the NWO is just meandering in the ring after the match. The real Sting descends. Yes. And starts scattering NWO because that's how you build effing heat for your big match next month. I haven't then, I haven't seen them build Sting at any of the pay-per-views. No! None. No! It, it's probably happening at Nitro, but it's certainly not happening at the pay-per-views. You know, I've never seen Sting. He comes no. out, points his bat at people, and walks out. And you're like, I don't know what's going on with Sting. Right. Do you know how hot that would have been if Sting showed up? That, that, that swinging place, like a madman? That place would have gone nuts. Nuts! Talk about building heat for next month. Everyone that bought World War III was going to buy Starcade if he did that. Every last person, no exception. Well, they even, they even started chanting, we, we want Sting. Yeah, they did right away. Yep. Guys, they... Because they knew this was a perfect... Yep. They, they, I mean, I don't think WCW crowds were super intelligent, but they knew this right. was yeah. the perfect spot. Yeah, it was two on two. Yeah, Hogan was yep. out there. They're like, we want Sting. Guys, and they I was like, knew it. Let's do it. Because listen, the NWO had gotten, had gotten one over on everyone in the company. Yep. They had been running rampant for a year and a half. To build your big match, the challenging babyface has to get a little comeuppance in the build-up. He has to, okay? The challenger always has to have something going into the title match. Yeah. This was that something that they should have done. Yeah, I mean, Us you got to use the pay-per-views to build, in not just Nitros, but like right. pay-per-views, because that's where it's like the guys have bigger stages right. and they build bigger rapport. Right. Well, especially because on usually on the Nitros following a pay-per-view, they always do, they always do like a recap of, of the big things yep. that happen. That would have been a perfect opening to the next Nitro. You replay that shot yeah, especially every Nitro. People that didn't get the pay-per-views, they really see it, they go, does. oh, man, like, oh, I should have got that pay-per-view. He, yes. he cleared out 12 NWO members. Why do you think I, after Survivor Series 2014, I started, yep. I got the WWE Network? Because yep. yep. I didn't see freaking Sting. Yep, yep. I I think they missed it. Because when the when the group has been as dominant as the NWO was, the challenger, especially the challenging babyface, has to have something going into it. This was that something, but God forbid the NWO show any kind of weakness in the build-up. Bischoff has so many good ideas, but he misses little things yeah. so often that it's just like, he's not good. See, can I, I want to qualify what she said. I think he had one good idea. Oh, only the one. NWO. Well, I'm talking about little things. I'm talking about little things within sure. the NWO right. matches right. building up. It's like, he has so many good ideas, I think, that I see from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. Yep. 
But then he, it's just these little things yeah. he misses. Put Sting in there. You know what I think it is? I think he understands all the pieces to the puzzle. He just doesn't know how to put it together. I think that's part of it, yeah. I think good. part of it, too, is that Hogan and Nash are in his ear. That's true. Saying, no, Sting shouldn't yes. get come up in front of us. Because think about the heat that gives us going into the match. You need yeah. someone else You've been dominant ear. for yep. a year and a half. Well, now, here's, here's the other. The ending, one of the reasons why I think they needed to sort of separate Nash from the other NWO is because the Wolfpack is coming here in a few months. That's right. And I think they needed to make Hall more of an ally to Hogan and sort of separate Nash. Now, I'm not sure that's why sure. they did that, but I think that kind of helps it make sense right. down the road. Right. So I get that. The Wolfpack should have never been an idea in the first place. It well, shouldn't And have. I'm wondering when Bischoff came up with the idea for the Wolfpack. Yeah, I think Nash like, did. I was going to say, <laughs> just, I was gonna say, I'm almost positive it was going to be I know very about Nash. the Wolfpack. So, oh, Hogan's you will. Because like, Hogan's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do a pay-per-views with Nash. I'll yeah. do a hundred of them with him. Yeah. So, so yeah, but anyway. That's that. Hallelujah. So World War Three, ninety seven. We didn't give our ratings for this match. Oh, I gave it half a star. I gave it three quarters of a star. Oh, I gave it three. Oh. <laughs> quarters or a three stars? Three stars. Oh, look at you. I liked it. Uh, Big Dave gave it half a star as well. Ah. I liked, I liked uh, from starting the last five minutes to four minutes. Or yes. to one minute left. I was going to say, the part of the ending was good. Four minutes yes. I liked. Four minutes can't save a 43-minute match. Anyway, this has been Wrestling Rewind. I, this was an hour and 20-minute podcast. There you go. I'm exhausted. It was an exhausting pay-per-view. It was an exhausting pay-per-view. But we had a lot of really good discussions about the full context of WCW. Yeah. How this plays into their future. So, folks, thanks for coming along this journey with us. We got the big one next. That might be a three-hour podcast. That's going to be long. <laughs> Talking about Starcade 97. It's going to be long. So, thanks for listening. For Luke and Trevor, I'm Lance. Thank you so much for listening. And take care.